And we are live in all the places. Yep. Thanks to Michael D. We're live on YouTube, so we'll see if that turns into anything. So if you're on YouTube, say hi. I don't know where we would see that, but say hi. <laughs> no, don't say hi. Just uh, post on Mastodon if you're there you go. on YouTube. Because if you post on YouTube, I don't know how I would see it. And I'm not even going to go look. Uh, you should post a YouTube link on Mastodon if you can grab that some kind of way. If I can find it. So, Michael, if you have the YouTube link, text it to me. I know you'll text it to me in like two minutes or something. <laughs> Oh, and for some reason, my sounds are still coming through on the default speakers. Check um, your sound source. I did. I did. Check. Because what I did is something that, are you recording in clean feed? Yep. I think more people need to do. So I hit command space. I typed in SYS and then I tapped the right arrow and I typed in SOU and then I hit enter. And that takes me to my sound settings, which is really nice. Did oh, you yeah. ever get Parallels to work for you to give you recent Windows doing that? Um, No, but okay. I don't think I ever went back and tried to do anything about it either. Gotcha. I reset Windows today. So if you decide to do it the way that I do it, when you decide to get there, um, I first deauthorized JAWS, deauthorized the NVDA add-on, and I went through the reset this PC process. Uh -huh. And it was actually fairly smooth, and now I'm playing with with Narrator. Uh, I don't have NVDA installed, but I do have the file downloaded. But after talking... Okay, this isn't going to work. All right, I don't know why you have not fixed that, but what I can do is this. I think this will fix it. Say something, say something, Demasi. Something. Okay, I think that'll fix it. For some reason, it's set to Vocaster as the default output, but my default output is, nope, that didn't turn it down. Michael D. just shared the YouTube on Mastodon, by the way. Oh, good deal. I will go and boost a lot. Yeah. Anyways, so I don't know what I'm, I'm going to put my computer in do not disturb mode, which is what I should have did in the first place. F6 is a magic keystroke that only works on the MacBook keyboard. It doesn't work on the Logitech. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, Windows. Reset that. So I went through the reset process of Windows 11 and got all set up, and then I couldn't access my Mac files. So when you go through that process, remember that you have to go up to the device and then go down to the second-to-last option and install parallel, Parallels Tools and then go through that process to build and install Parallels Tools, and then you'll see all your files. I didn't want to do that because I conflated Parallels Tools with Parallels Toolbox. Uh -huh. And Parallel Toolbox, in my opinion, for a voiceover user is ridiculous because it just kind of like hovers all over your screen. And so it's always there. And so I didn't want that again. And then when we were doing live, uh, it would show up on the main screen too. But you do want the Parallels Tools because then you'll get access to all of the extra functionality that come together with using macOS and windows, but windows is brand new install. And 
I might go through the process of deleting this installation as well and just re resetting up a brand new fresh window. Yeah, just to see if I notice any differences in that experience versus just resetting it. Well, or set up a new Windows installation, uh, mm. name it differently, and then you can switch between them to kind of do some testing. Yeah, yeah, that's the advantage of this, and and have all of my Windows machines run off of the external hard drive enclosure that you sent me. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I, I, I may be getting some weirdness when it comes to using that drive because every once in a while it glitches and that's the best way i hate that word but it's the best way to explain it because it just kind of like stutters and stuff like that or people have difficulties with hearing me or there's a large delay and i think that could be attributed to me running windows off of a external hard drive so maybe the next one i install can just be on the internal internal hard drive yeah, that's what I'm going to yeah. do when I reset mine up. So I'm going to, I didn't, I hadn't even thought about that was possible to just like wipe windows internally like it was a regular laptop or desktop with windows on it. So yeah, that's an interesting approach, but I am going to try and you can just copy your, your VM over to, um, it takes so long. <laughs> it does because it's kind of big. <laughs> It's almost faster to just reinstall Windows at that point. But I'm going to try running off internal as well to see if that makes a makes any sort of behavioral difference. So some things to try with Windows. And as I mentioned to you the other day, I did download VMware mm-hmm. Fusion. And I tried going through a setup there. I have not gotten Windows booted up. So I'm going to follow one piece of advice I did find, uh, which was blow away, you know, just delete the initial vm and start over just to start a fresh install and see if that gets me to a startup screen but i have not gotten windows to run in vmware um i did discover that with the current version of vmware which is 13 there are two different versions seemingly now there's pro but there's always been a pro and a kind of standard version but uh now there seems to be a vmware player Fusion Player or something like that is the name of it. I will find a link for the show notes. Uh, and then there's VMware Pro. If you have an account or set up an account with VMware and um, go through the process, you can get a free personal perpetual license for at least version 13. I'm not sure if it's going to carry beyond that, but it means you don't have to pay for it if you're using it in a non-commercial uh, way. So because all I'm doing is testing Windows right now with VMware, I didn't have to pay for it, but I'm also not constrained by a very short, what could be a very short trial. I'm not sure what the trial period is. So, but haven't gotten anywhere with it. Did want to try it out before I wiped the machine because it could be better, could just be different, uh, or it could just not work, <laughs> which is where I am with it right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does now download Windows for you. So you can go through the process and have it actually download the Windows installer so you don't have to manually go do that, which I believe was an issue with VMware Fusion early on. And it was one of the things that made a lot of people use Parallels is because Parallels from the beginning of Apple Silicon, since they've supported Windows 11 on Apple Silicon has always given you the option that it will download the Windows installer for you, which is uh, amazing and saves a whole yeah. bunch of time. 
I need to get restream or look into some of these other tools now because maybe Nicholas will watch us if we go live on Twitch. I was watching some of his Twitches yesterday. And then I kind of regret watching some of his Twitches yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Twitch so, is something I will have to check out their terms because they, they seem to have terms. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a, you know, hey, I'm just wanting to stream a thing and don't worry about it or if it's a, everybody has these terms. They've had a, a relaxing on their terms over the last couple of weeks. So I suspect... Things are a little bit more forgiving, but yeah, be aware. You reset your phone, though. I did reset my phone. Um, there are a lot of settings because um, I wiped and reset, set it up from scratch, so I did not restore from a backup or do a device transfer or any of that. There are a lot of settings and a lot of things that over the years have been customized that you forget about. So... If I got one tip for anybody, even if you're not resetting your phone, go take a look at the settings um, because there's a lot more stuff there than used to be. For example, <laughs> I found a setting in voiceover that I had not heard anybody mention um, on the iPhone, which is there's a tick box. So give you the scenario first and then we can tell you how to resolve the problem. Let's say you're navigating around and because you're, let's say you're on a web page and because you go across an image or something, it wants to give you the action items on the rotor, but you've been navigating by, let's say heading, well, you get stuck on this image and then now mm -hmm. you can't, you got to go turn your rotor back to headings to continue navigating, right? Or where it's really egregious is in mail. You open uh -huh. up an email, you're trying to swipe through the email and then let's say you want to, you know, read by word or something because you're trying to see what it what does it say but because you're in a mail message it has reverted to actions by default on the rotor which means you're in the menu for you know reply and delete yep. and all of that every time every time and if you flick a few you can change your rotor to what you want it to be and then continue reading through your message but it's going to go right back to the actions right so you're constantly spinning the rotor in the email there's a checkbox in voiceover that now says do not automatically it i don't remember the exact phrase of it do not but basically it doesn't automatically adjust your rotor based off context so it will stay on what you have had it on that is awesome i'm gonna have to play with this because i get the acb community emails and they do great at separating them by headings but if you flick down and then you hear oh i want to hear more information about this event and then you flick to the right to move to the next element when you go to flick back down, you're right. You're put back on that mm -hmm. actions rotor huh. option. So I'm going to have to go uncheck this and play with it. I'm going to reset my phone probably in the next week or so as well because I think I'm done with the Mac turmoil right this minute. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go play with that checkbox. That is awesome. So, so investigate the settings is what you're saying, which kind of goes back to some content we've published over the last couple of months um because there's a lot of settings that are available that can make a big difference on your on the way you use things i've been playing with narrator and i'm actually going through and changing some of the settings to see how far i can get i quickly found out the the struggle i had with narrator isn't the fact that it doesn't work it's it's too verbose for me and so I can't get the information that I want. Like, I don't care that this is a table of three rows and four columns because I'm in my, my Windows file explorer. 
So I just want to move down through that. Now it's nice knowing, oh, there are four columns in this table, but I don't need that detail on every element that I go to. So I've went in and started disabling some of that and making narrator less verbose. Um, and it's not horrible. It's not horrible. I am using whatever that voice is. I told you that I was going to forget Ryan, Ryan, I think the real sounding Ryan voice. It's a British voice. Um, I I'm kind of impressed and I've got him at 18%, um, which is kind of, a bit, a bit fast. It's not super fast, but I'm still getting used to narrator too. So I got to get used to how narrator presents information exactly. and then I can start speeding it up. Exactly. And just quick follow up. So go to settings on the iPhone settings, accessibility, voiceover rotor, and that rotor screen looks a little different uh, too. So there's a button there for rotor options, which will let you customize what is on your rotor. But beyond that, on uh, the first check box, I already forgot what it said. <laughs> Hold on. But he's technically working. <laughs> Change rotor with item. And if you turn that off, then your rotor will stay on what you have it set on until you change it instead of, you know, automatically adjusting itself on the fly based off the context. Uh, the unfortunate thing, and I, I think this may be new, so maybe we'll get some more build upon this. Um, so I like this setting most of the time, and there has to be some habit change for me because I'm used to, you know, let's say I unlock the phone and I'm looking at notifications that, oh, I could just sw swipe down and, you know, clear this notification or whatever. Well, now that doesn't work anymore, right? Obviously. So there's some behavior changes that have to happen for me. I thought I had a quick workaround, which is, oh, I will go set up an activity so I can have this just turned off like <laughs> in mail. That. And that option is not in the activity options at the moment. So because I was like, I really need this to only be off in very specific situations. Right. And options not there yet. So I thought I had a workaround with activity. Drop a quick email to accessibility at apple.com. I dropped an email about the activation bug and they sent me a message back and said, our engineers are aware of this and are investigating a solution. And which issue, which issue? The that? activation issue where you can oh, yeah, the Wi-Fi network. Oh yeah, with the Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember you told me about that now. Yeah, I need to drop them an email on this as a suggestion because it would be a nice feature if you added this to activities because then I could say in the mail app, uh, turn this off. Uh, but, you know, everywhere else kind of keep it on maybe. Uh, maybe Safari, turn it off like if I'm in the web browser. Yeah. Uh, but also this bug with voiceover on the Mac and NumPad Commander uh, and password fields. <sighs> Yes, I forgot to mention that, so I will also write that up because um, it's bad. And and it's not only Safari. I don't know if you noticed. No, it's, I'm sure it's, you have. it's everywhere. But anywhere you can enter a password, four and six become part of that password. Yeah, anywhere that there is a password or a secure input field, it, it becomes a standard number pad with no... Nothing. Uh, it is very frustrating. Also, and I don't know if anybody else is experiencing this or if I need to have my computer looked at, which I don't really have the time for that right now. <laughs> but um, my so I'm using just the caps lock as the voiceover modifier in Mac OS. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And occasionally, more often than I would like uh, it to do for sure, it gets stuck as though I am holding the key. And so you have to double tap it to get it to toggle? 
Yeah, but that doesn't always work. Yeah. No. So not the caps lock is getting stuck on. No, it's, it's as though I'm still holding down the voiceover modifier. So I can't do other commands on the keyboard because it, it, it's as though I'm holding down the modifier keys. That happened to me for a while, quite a bit. It seems to be less and less lately. Um, so that's interesting that it's happening to you. I think I'm going to upgrade to Sonoma. Sonoma because I told you, oh, you can go disable that preview. And you can tell people about that too if you want. That preview links in macOS mail, and it's just right here in the preferences. It is not uh-huh. in Monterey. <laughs> Okay, because I went looking again. Or Ventura, whatever we're on. I was like, maybe I missed this. Uh, But no, it isn't there in mail. No, it was there in Sonoma. And I'm like, I need to get rid of this because I was pasting a link. I'm like, how did I – I spent literally going through, looking at all the preferences. How did I disable this? And then I realized it's it's not here yet. So It's like like time traveling. Here's a workaround, and I've only experienced this in mail, so I don't know if this happens in other applications, Uh, but in any Mac app, it should still work. But the workaround that I've come up with in mail is, and I never quite remember the shortcut, I always end up pressing my shortcut for the clipboard manager with launch bar to clear the clipboard, like paste and delete this <laughs> off the clipboard. Um, but there is in the edit menu of mail. And again, with most other text apps on the Mac, uh, if you're experiencing this in something like, uh, I don't, I don't know, maybe messages or uh, I don't know where else. Or like Outlook. Notes. Or yeah, possibly Outlook. By. Uh, yeah, I'm not touching Outlook. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. The solution is in the edit menu is a paste and match style option, and it does already have a pre-assigned keyboard shortcut. Um, mm-hmm. paste, and, paste and match style will paste a link in with just the link without turning it into that weird preview thing. Yeah, I do not like that preview thing. Like, that is horrible. horrible. I don't like it for a couple of reasons. Apparently, it kind of can show up a little weird in... Uh, other email applications that are not Apple and not on Apple platforms. Uh, no, so I believe it. Okay. And the other issue is when you're trying to read back through what you've just written, uh-huh. it's not there. Like you cannot uh-huh. and, read. And where if it you is put there, a, you're stuck there. Yeah, like if you yeah, get well, to if it, you you're can stuck see it, in it. Yeah. Then you're stuck in it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. Either it does not appear to be there at all, which will lead you to do what I did when this first became a feature and probably pasted a link in maybe three times <laughs> before I figured out, um, you know, it was there. Uh, so, yeah, do not like the feature there. I still am not certain I'm going to upgrade just yet, although I probably should do it before January. But um, to go back to the iPhone for a second, I did mention that I was going to let people know what I installed. And I'm honestly surprised by this list of apps that I first installed uh, on the iPhone. These were the first 10 apps that I installed. Um, if I can find my phone, hold on, because I got to look. Was one of them DuckDuckGo? No. No? Okay. Okay. Oh, I did want you to guess, though. There, there's yeah. one app that, that I installed that I want you to guess. Uh, you already told me it wasn't that 2FAS or whatever, that two-factor app. Um, hmm. 
Was it a streaming oh, hold service? On. Nope. Okay, so it wasn't a streaming service. You're kind of in the area only because it is something truly unexpected. Like you really wouldn't expect me to install this, and especially not this early. So you're you're thinking along along the right lines here. Uh, yeah. it, it's very odd. It, it's out there. It wasn't WhatsApp because you're still not over there yet. Nope. Um. Uh, was it? You don't have any Wise products, do you? Nope. Okay, so it wasn't a Wise app. See, I'm trying to think outside the box. So why don't you name off a couple of other, a couple of the apps, and I'll think about this one for a minute. All right, so I'll tell you what I've installed up to this point. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I first installed. So the first app I installed that was a third party app was Cash App. Okay. Uh, okay. And that was because I needed to check to see if money you sent me was there. And then I discovered I had other money in cash. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that's a there. nice feeling. Uh, next was kind of obvious one password. And I say kind of obvious because that's one of those, you know, anybody could have guessed. Uh, after that was overcast because I needed to listen to some podcasts. I was, you know, uh, after that was Stripe. After Stripe was Prologue. How many is that? And Prologue is the app I, I use for audio seven. books. Let me count it. One, two, three, four, five. Nope, that's five. Oh. Uh, after that was Test Flight, and I'm only counting that because it's there. But I needed Test Flight in order to get. Um, so this order gets a little weird because I haven't even set up this next app that I installed, but because I was already in test flight and it was above drafts, uh, Slack got installed. Okay. Okay. I haven't set it up yet. Drafts is the reason I installed test flight because I'm still running drafts beta on the Mac and it's advised if you're running it on one platform to hmm. run it on all. So yep. Yep. drafts, uh, Ira Explorer got installed um, after that. Parcel. Beat my eyes. And I think that's the SQRL, which is a beta app. We're not going to talk about that one. <laughs> All right. Then we get to the app that was kind of early. So I'm I'm not counting a couple of these because I haven't used them. They're betas. And right. I was in test flight. So I just went ahead and hit those. Uh, but this, this last one, I am going to count as an app that I installed. And you haven't guessed it yet. Give me one more stab at it and think about this week in particular. Might give you more of a hint. Did you install the Apple Store app? No, no. No. Microsoft okay. Teams. Uh -huh. I noticed you also don't have Zoom on there. Do you even have Zoom on your phone yet? Zoom is still not on my phone. Yeah, that's interesting. Microsoft Teams, though. What do you think of Microsoft Teams on the phone from what you've used it? So I didn't use it quite all that much. Basically, I needed to be in a meeting uh, mm -hmm. to listen in. Yeah. Uh, and... I tried the dial-in method, and it did not connect me to the call. Like, I heard the pre-call when people were chatting, but when they started the actual thing inside of Teams, like, I lost all audio. So I had to download the Teams out very quickly and get into that meeting. So it's okay. Um, yeah. I really didn't spend enough time. And, and given the type of meeting that I was into makes a difference because they were doing presentational stuff and all of that. So a lot of busyness going on. So I don't think it's fair for me to judge without starting where I would probably start from using it, which is kind of how I use Slack, which is, oh, let's start messaging and then maybe let's get into a call or something. So uh, 
accessibility is decent. Though, I'll say that. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't lost, and I could not not figure out where things were uh, in there. So decent experience, I would say. You and Jeff should hang out on Teams. No, we're going to get you on WhatsApp. We're gonna, that's that, uh, forget about Teams. We're going to get you on WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, shout out to the WhatsApp team. Yes. And the Teams team. <laughs> and apparently Slack has done something new, which again, you know, man, I really wish. If anybody's interested, uh, Rocket.chat, I should take a look at this again. I feel like if they were to focus more on accessibility – because there were some accessibility issues there with Rocket Chat when we tried it. it it's a. I, I want there to be something too. other than Teams and, and Slack is, is basically what I'm trying to say. Twist just doesn't work for me. <laughs> oh, so Todoist is on the phone. It, it was not. I just actually installed that um, yeah. today because I was I having, a, having a meeting uh, with a yeah, customer. Yeah. And they reminded me of something or where I needed to do something. I was like, oh, let me put this into Doist. And I was on the computer, so I put it into Doist because otherwise I really would forget to follow up on it. I have realized that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't have to do this on the phone. And more likely I will be not at the computer when I need to be reminded that I didn't check into this. So I put to do this on the phone. I do not have Fantastical on the phone. Uh, that was that's still missing because I'm trying this experiment with the calendar um, because Michael discovered. Now, remind me, Mike, you did this on the Mac first where you just kind of typed in the event information mm. in the calendar app, right? No, I tried that, I think, on Sonoma is where I tried that on the Mac. But I first tried it by because someone mentioned it. I think it was on Connected that you can open Spotlight. So in iOS 17, double tap on that page switcher. And then just either, they didn't say dictate, but they said type, or I say dictate your um, calendar event, recording with Demasi Saturday. And then towards the top of the screen should be one of those suggestions that allows you that to does work. add the event. That does work, and I may end up using that. I can give you a very short. I'm going to give it another couple of days, but I'll probably go back to Fantastical uh, because <laughs> there's not the full. Now, that works in Spotlight, uh, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll play with that a bit. And like I said, that's something I can still continue to use uh, outside of that because, you know, Google Calendar, the calendar sync, so it all works. But there's not natural language input inside of the calendar, it appears. At least I didn't get it to work in my limited testing on iOS. And also, I'm kind of not super fond of the layout. Um, I kind of like the, the layout that I've gotten. You And I know well, yep, it's because I'm used to it, but I kind of like Fantastical's layout a little bit more. However, you do get some advantages when using the calendar app. So I may end up doing, at least for a while, a kind of mixed Hold on one second. See, if I would have had Farago up, I could play like Jeopardy music. Yeah, we got to get that set up. I actually <laughs> need to install Farago. I'm not going to. I had it installed and then I reset my computer. Then you reset the computer. Yeah. yeah. I'm holding off on doing a couple of things because I'm like, I would have to reset it back up uh, when I wipe my computer, which is probably going to be sometime this coming week. And so, yeah, some stuff I'm not trying to do. VMware got thrown on because I'm like, oh, I'm going to wipe this computer. So if it munches up stuff, well, you know. Might as well do it now versus after a fresh install. Uh Uh-huh. So we'll see how that goes. 
Uh, but yeah, no Fantastic Owl yet. I don't have Carrot Weather on here yet, so I was going to play with the Weather app, which I haven't set that up, but uh, yeah, not a lot on here still. Um, no widgets yet. I got to set my home screen. Now that I've told, I've, I've been able to go through the list because I knew I wasn't going to write it down, and I didn't. Um, I can now start customizing my home screen and getting a bunch of this stuff off here and probably throw a couple of widgets up. Demasi, we're both guilty of just jumping into the show and not thanking our listeners. Man, we did forget about this. <laughs> we did, we did, we did. I have a question for you too, which I'm glad okay. you reminded us. Reminded us that first we want to thank the people who, uh, first off, who support us uh, monetarily through subscriptions. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, but we also want to thank the listeners as well, because if you show up as a listener, then we appreciate you. Uh, my question for you is we're going to offer a little and we're trying some things out again. We're technically working over here, uh, but we had a whole kind of let's say a whole second show. It wasn't that long, but we had an extended no. topic after the last recording of 33. And I was going to edit that down and offer that to our paying subscribers who are mm -hmm. you know, supporting us through tip jar. How do we actually do that? So I can upgrade to get the growth plan. I think it's what it's called. And then there's a checkbox when you publish a new episode in Pinecast that when you check that, it'll only send it to the private feeds that the subscribers would have. Um, that's how Jonathan Mosin does his is he has that add on. You check that checkbox, and then the content you publish goes to just them. I believe you can also at that point set it up so that content goes live a couple of days later, kind of similar to that to that strategy that's used. Hmm. So the other way is to email it directly because we do have their email addresses. So that was the way I was going to do it this ah, time. Okay. Is just say, Here hey, go. here's an exclusive audio just for you. Do you gotcha. like this? Because if you like this, let us we'll know. Keep, we'll keep trying and then to do this. Okay. We'll start pushing that a little more and get to the point where it makes sense to have that checkbox add-on. Gotcha. I mean, okay. I didn't know if we had people's... I mean, I know we have a couple. I didn't know if there was, like, inside a podcast, we could email people directly. I was like, how do we get this to them? So okay. be on the lookout for that. If you hear this, if you're hearing 34 and you have not yet received this and you are a tilt jar supporter, uh, it'll be coming. Uh, you may have it by the time you hear this, though. But yeah, we appreciate making everybody. you do Reaper again. How's that going? Oh man, so I've been messing around with this uh, Nexus Suite that Source Elements just released. Their plugin looks decent. I was actually going to use that to stream into Club Deck today, but I didn't sit down early enough to get that working. Reaper in general is 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 working okay. I haven't done a ton in it yet. I've basically been going through settings and making sure that I have everything kind of configured because I wasn't smart enough to back up my settings the last time I raced. So there are some stuff that wasn't moving like I expected, like, oh, I would hold down the arrow key and it wasn't scrubbing so that I could hear the audio. So I had to go figure that out. You know, that kind of stuff I didn't, yep. hadn't, hadn't tweaked yet. Because most of my editing I have done this year, especially recently, uh, I would say since this summer, 
Uh, it's been very quick stuff. Like I record something directly in Reaper, chop it up, and then you know, ex, you know, render it, or I bring some audio in, cut something out, and then I'm done. So I haven't really had to edit, edit. Uh, this is a little bit more editing. Speaking of which, uh, I forgot to pull in the marker file. So, which also reminds me, hey, go save. <laughs> uh, yeah. So is that, did we discover that? Yeah, we yeah, discovered we that discovered in 3033. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to that. Long story short, clean feed gave us markers. Um, we can follow up a little bit on it though. It does, it does not do what I thought it was doing. So I kind of either misread what was there or misunderstood read it. The manual like I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it does not embed your markers into the audio file. It, 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 um, adds in a uh, text file with the time markers, which should be importable by any editor, any DAW that you're using, or any at least, you know, reasonable consumer grade to pro level editor. So Reaper, Logic, I would imagine. Well, I don't know. Well, Logic's weird. I'm not going to even talk about Logic. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Re- Michael D is using Logic. Michael D is using Logic. There, there are yeah. quite a few Mac, especially Mac. Well, I guess you would have to be a Mac person to be using Reaper anyway. But I would say people who are in the Apple ecosystem who talk about Apple use Logic to edit their podcast. So he's he's not alone. Like he he's he's in a a known very small. Yep. You know, he's probably one of seven people using Logic to edit their podcast. <laughs> it works, though. For it him. does work. It, it works. Like, listen, that that is the thing that I have come to um, understand over the years of, of being a consultant. Did I say this in the last show? I feel like I recently said this to somebody. I don't remember it. Okay. I probably didn't say it on the show. But one thing I have come to understand and learn and really have reinforced, it's not like it was a thing I didn't know, it's just really having it reinforced, um, is the primary thing when, for me being a technology consultant to small businesses is not coming in with this hammer that's going to fix everything. Like every problem is a nail and I got the hammer uh, because it doesn't work. And the first sign of that for me, because I used to be very, very, and I'm still a, a strong advocate for WordPress. Um, I like WordPress as a platform. I don't necessarily like everything that they do when they make certain types of decisions, but, you know, see previous episodes of me um, complaining about Apple and other stuff. So there's that. But I'm still an advocate for WordPress. But also, I would say very early in my freelance, definitely before I ever formed a business, uh, for sure. Um, I would always tell people, oh, no, you just put your site on WordPress. Oh, well, I'm using, you know, insert whatever name of whatever platform mm-hmm. you could have been using. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should be using WordPress, right? That was my my default answer. I didn't want to hear anything else. And I would say for about 97% of the time, I was right in what I said. But honestly, I was not flexible enough. And that's just a wild stab in the dark. I know more times than often I, I didn't steer people the wrong way by saying get WordPress. But also, I would say 2016, 2017, I did not have the flexibility of mind to be like, well, no, you, you, you should probably move your site from 
WordPress to Squarespace because you're not doing any. Or there's reasons, like whatever the reason may be. It's right. not that you're not doing anything. It's like, but you you're better off on Squarespace in this instance, or you're better off hiring somebody to write a few HTML pages for you, lay them out real nice, and stick down on a on a server or a CDN somewhere and just call it a day. Like sticking in a bucket, put a CDN in front of it and just call it a day because your site is really just a brochure site. There's no point in having hosting for what is effectively a brochure site. Like it doesn't make sense in a lot of cases. And I have recommended Squarespace to a few people. And anybody that knows me knows I really still don't like Squarespace. <laughs> um, you know, I admire them as a business and what they've managed to do and how they've grown. But I really don't. I, I haven't even taken a look at their new layout or whatever they have going on. It's supposed to be more accessible. Like I, I just because I'm, I'm, uh, we got problems. There's animus. Well, on my part anyway, they probably don't care. But I have recommended Squarespace to a few people who were looking to move their hosting uh, or advocated for them moving to Squarespace because it just made sense for them. The point being that if something works for a person, you got to let them use what they use. You know, somebody ask you what you're using, feel free to tell them if you think or in my case as a consultant. And when I, you know, feel very strongly that my suggestion is, is what you should do, I'm going to share that with you and, and make my perspective known. But again, I can't force you to do anything. The only time I really push hard on people is when it comes down to lax security, you know, practices that I'm not really going to back down on is still your decision as the business owner, ultimately at the end, whether or not you're going to do something. But uh, that is where I'm kind of hard line. There's there's no flexibility around. There's not like an option. Oh, well, you can be much less secure than what you are. It's just perfectly fine. Like, you're not going to hear me say that. You might hear me say, oh, you should go to Squarespace. Um, and I will tell you, go to Squarespace. I'm not going to support Weebly or any of those, mostly because in my experience with those platforms, they tend to be kind of weird and lock people in in very strange ways. And you don't get that with Squarespace? I don't feel like it. Uh, so I guess the thing I'm saying is like, and excuse me, I'm not going to name is, is one of these alternatives to Squarespace that is a built in page builder, drag and drop build your website type of deal. Right. I'm not going to slander mm-hmm. uh, either mm-hmm. one of the companies because I don't remember which one it was. But one of them and we've experienced this, uh, both of us has a very high propensity for people using them for spam or being able to hack and take over people's sites. Gotcha. Um, so that's why I don't recommend those services. And I'm not going to put in the effort to do research on their security because, frankly, honestly, WordPress still can solve, you know, 95% of anybody's web hosting issues, you know, because you can go as small and simple as you want and have room for that scalability. And in a lot of cases, that's where people are. You're starting here, but you have plans to go up. Start from a good foundation instead of saying, oh, well, I'll build it over here on Squarespace. And then when I get to this point, I'll go to WordPress because, um, yeah, first, I'm not going to want to do that migration. And um, you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody else that may want to do that migration as well. Like, Just start where you were so you don't get used to what you had and then things are different. That's another reason. So Allison suggested I play Well, she was playing that's not how I want to word that she was using this tool and I've heard it several times on her podcast. I've played with this tool a couple years ago and Mars edit came up uh, recently on Mastodon. So I forgot that you can just write your blog posts in 
um, Markdown and then post to the, your WordPress blog. And I debate sometimes because a, I I'm very clear. Yes, they've made improvements, but I am not happy with the whole site editor on, uh, the latest versions of WordPress, especially with Safari on the Mac and full transparency. That could be voiceover with Safari on the Mac. And I haven't spent enough time playing around with it in windows. Um, but the Gutenberg editor, you can do stuff in there and you can get stuff done and it's really convenient and nice. But I almost think over the next week or so, I'm going to install Mars Edit and set some of the blogs that I'm updating content on uh, up with uh, the application because it's in setup. It is in setup. Experiment with that and see if I post more content. I don't know. A lot of the things that I post to WordPress personally is automated. I forget that it goes to WordPress. <laughs> and then I go to yourownpay.com and I do a search for it for something. I'm like, oh, it is there. I need to figure out what I'm doing with your own pay. I got to figure that out. Yeah, that is we got a couple of web properties to deal with. Yeah, and I have some ideas for that. But yeah, it's Mars, really just a placeholder. Well, Mars Edit is a, a good tool and i i'm not doing any of the kind of updating that you're doing although i, I should maybe look at it for laying out a couple of things it might i haven't looked at it in a while because yeah yeah a lot of what my stuff has been is not content related posting content or doing anything like that so i haven't looked at it and there's also oh, just haven't looked at it i've been trying to learn the block editor and yeah there's stuff that you can it's usable it's usable but it is, it is still frustrating um and I need to spend some time with the, and I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to try this in Windows, I think, because I do feel like some of the degradations with a lot of web services are due to Safari not being or not using a lot of the newer features that websites are depending on um, to behave or, or function rather than I'm going to say behave, but to function. So when you don't support a feature, then it just doesn't work in Safari or the experience is poor because they're, they're, they're relying on stuff that is in Chrome or edge that is not in Safari or isn't the full spec isn't implemented in Safari. For example, you know, we still can't use clean feet uh, in Safari as a host. You can join right. as a guest, but you can't use it as a host in Safari, uh, but it works everywhere else, including Firefox. So, and then you add the complexity of voiceover and what is and isn't available to voiceover. Right. Um, and so we can try these things, but if you use WordPress in Windows and are navigating the block editor, share some feedback with us. Because, yeah, I'm going to play with Mars Edit, though. That's my to do for this week, I guess. I'm going to set up timery. Nope. Okay. Timing. Nope. Timing. Whichever one of these isn't set up, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I actually have it installed. I just hadn't set it up because I was like, oh, there's no point in me doing it because I haven't done this and I need to do this. But, you know, just start time tracking and figure out what's going on. Are you going to set it up before or after you reset? I'm going to set it up before, actually. I'm going to set it up probably tomorrow. Um, there you go. And just use it. And then when I wipe the computer and set it back up, set up's going back on the computer. So, you know, I'll just reinstall it and see what that experience is like, but try working that. Uh, it has an interesting feature, which was one of the reasons I didn't use it years ago or I stopped using it years ago, which I couldn't time track from the iPhone. This is when I was really more serious about time tracking. That's actually what took me over to uh, Timery. 
is the ability to use it on the iPhone. I kind of don't like to Mac out for timer, you know. Um, so timing will automatically track things for you, but it will also look at your screen time if you have that turned on and extrapolate, calibrate itself based off your usage of things on the iPhone as well. Uh, I don't know how granular all that'll be. I just kind of saw it in the feature list and I was like, oh, okay. So no weird shortcuts. I need to remember to try to run on the phone to start a timer because I'm not at the computer. So we will see how this goes because I definitely have not set up timer on the phone because I'm supposed to be looking at timing and I'm going to add it to to do it right now. So I don't forget again. I'm going to look at Mars edit then and play with that because I've recently taken on a project where I, one of the primary things that I'll be working on is updating content uh, for the website and reorganizing some of that content because there's a lot of historical information out there in some instances. It just needs to get easier to find. And then I was looking at some websites and I talked about it with my local chapter meeting today. Um, one of the websites that I'm an influence on the design of and the work on is the ACB of Oregon uh, website. And we're working on some things to put on the Southwestern chapter to make our webpage more engaging. Cause you can redesign a website or a webpage all day long and make changes to that webpage, um, give it prettiest graphics and everything. But if people don't have a reason to go to your webpage or to go to your website, then all that works for not. Um, and some people think, oh, all I have to do is rebuild this website and people will start coming and using it. No, why do people want to come to your website? Right. Um, so that's what I was asking chapter members today. And we've gotten some ideas. And I, I think this will make it easier to go lay that out on the Mac and then using Markdown, have it formatted the way I expect it to, and then publish it. And I know another affiliate member. She's a Mac user and she does some WordPress stuff. And if we can teach her how to use Markdown and be effective with it, it's just helping more individuals. I'll just drop the marker because I can. And I would feel kind of hypocritical if I didn't start using markers since I kept asking for them. <laughs> However, that is the first marker I dropped because I wasn't thinking about them. Also, one thinking about recording, saving, backing up. There we go. Saving is, is <laughs> what I'm trying to say. We're already, we're, we're definitely recording. We've been recording the whole time. Uh, just know uh, I just saved for the first time about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. All right, man, there's a topic that I had wanted to discuss with you, and I kind of want to kick this around from both of our perspectives uh, as small business owners who, you know, have had some, if if I could say it, well, for me, at least definitely some ups and downs when it comes to the financial income or sometimes it's like, man, I'm getting more work than I know what to deal with. And I got to tell people no, because I don't got time. And then you're like, well, somebody please call and tell me they need something done. Uh huh. Yep. Um, so that, that leads to a couple of 
things. And one comment you made to me a couple of months ago was regarding the renewal of your business when it comes up in 2024 and that you were thinking you didn't make any decision or there's no drastic thing. It's like, no, I don't know if I'm going to renew it. It's kind of the offhand way you put it. And I was like, I want to, I want to kind of unwrap that a little bit. Like what made you kind of feel like that? Do you still feel like that? Um, and you know, share my own thoughts around the whole process of like some of the things that we have to do having an LLC that wouldn't be necessary if we didn't have an LLC. And is is that administrative time worth it at this point? It's an interesting question. So um, if you would have asked me this uh, in August, I think that's when I was talking to you about this. Yep. Because at the end of August, I picked up a client and then in October, I picked up a client. Um, so just so I'm fully transparent, I'm not making thousands and thousands of dollars. It's it's a very small yes, amount. Is. Shh, don't tell Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely something that I've thought about, though, because when I didn't have the clients and I wasn't making the money, I asked myself, is it worth – keeping all of this up and running? Is it worth paying for my registered agent? Is it worth paying the $200 or I think it's $100 for Oregon just to to renew that paperwork? And it's given me an experience for sure that I uh, didn't necessarily, I I haven't had in the past, uh, but I enjoy it. And now that I'm getting clients and with more client work means that, and this is going to sound weird, but it means that I have to do more administrative work, but that also means I can explore ways to automate doing that administrative work, which ultimately is what I really like doing is figuring out how to, how to make the computer do work for me. Um, I, I will be renewing. I just got the notice today about the registered agent service and, uh, getting that paid for. So February 9th, I will be renewing unless something drastically drastic changes. Uh, but sometimes you get frustrated and things are looking down and you lose a client, um, just because they moved on or something happens and then you, you know, things can turn around. So what about you, Demasi? Where are you with it? I know that sounded like a roundabout way of answering, but no, because it it is something I think that a lot of small business owners go through, especially when you're in those times where things are more famine than feast, right? You're, 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 you know, there's not money coming in. There's still money that has to go out because there's things that you pay for that, you know, for you to operate your business. And if you don't pay for these things, then you don't have things to operate these business. You know, one of those might be web hosting. One of them could be Google workspace or, or, you know, professional email services, anything like that, that, that is a recurring charge that we're all, that most of us are paying. And, you know, when money's not coming in or you lose a client or, you know, you keep getting little kind of, I don't mean for this to sound dismissive, but you get little penny, any stuff. Um, mm. Yeah that really doesn't contribute to the bottom line, but you take it anyway, because you kind of, you know, Hey, Google workspace, this is going to be due next month. Uh, Uh you got to get those that that taken care of. Um, it it, is something that you think about, like, is it worth, you know, continuing to spend out like you could, because you start looking ahead, not just to next month's bills, but like, Oh, you know, now we're getting around to the time where, yeah, I got to renew 
the bigger renewals, the annual renewals for things such as business registration, uh, register agent services if you're paying for those, uh, mailbox services if you're paying Gravity for those. Forms. <laughs> Gravity forms. Gravity forms. <laughs> paying for that. <laughs> It's like, do I really want to stay into this WordPress? I mean, look, it looks like everybody's doing Squarespace anyway. Maybe right. I should get out of here. You know, geez, man, that that saved me some money right there. Uh, you know, you start thinking about those things, though, and that that is a, you know, why I think there is such a high rate because despite the success that we see, you know, people having and and even experiencing some success ourselves, it is highly likely that most businesses go out of business in their first couple of years. For, I think it's the first five years of operation uh, end up going out of business. I forget the exact numbers that I was looking at a while back. This is before I even formed my business. But uh, it's a lot. It's a large rate of, of, you know, quote unquote failure. And I say it that way because sometimes people just move on or sometimes they were doing something to get them by and then, hey, they get the, the amazing offer from Apple or Google and they're like, well, you know, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to go take this steady paycheck and these, uh, you know, this nice, very nice, you know, six figure a year job, steady paycheck, steady income uh, with amazing health benefits and stock options. Like, yeah, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, there there's that aspect for some people. So I, that's why I say, quote unquote, failure. But I think it's something we all think about. For me, I, I don't I'm, I'm not I have been in that state of like, man, should I continue this? Uh, more often, what I start to sit down and evaluate, should I continue is usually down to specific services or offerings inside of my business as opposed to. You know, do I want to pay to renew my business? I sometimes sit here and stress about the fact like, oh, I got to renew this mailbox coming up in about two months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, oh, that's going to be, you know, X number of dollars. And hopefully they didn't go up on the service fees and didn't tell me until I go in there and run my card. I'm like, oh, OK. Didn't know that. All right. Well, still with that because I got to have this address because all of my legal paperwork is tied to that address. It's not like I can just make it disappear. Uh, don't have any options there really uh, but for me it, it is more about and I've been doing that over the past couple of months is 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 you know cutting things off first off like there's some things that I was paying for it's like oh yeah this makes life a little bit easier not significantly enough easier for me to continue because you stop looking at the monthly cost and it's like oh this is only you know 10 bucks a month but you start you know, multiplying that out, you know, well, that's also $120 a year. Uh, that would pretty much pay your business renewal, right? If you were putting that $10 a month away versus paying for a service that you mm-hmm. kind of use or you do use, but is it really necessary? Like how much time is it actually saving you? And that is one of the biggest trade-offs, I think, as a business owner too. And one of the reasons I know for me and you that we're really big into automation, um, and trying to figure out ways to automate stuff. You have to do the thing before you can automate it because you have to know how it works before you just automate it. Otherwise, you're sitting here trying to figure out what's going on. Like, you ain't running the business no more. AI is running your business. What are you going to do? Um, Maybe you're going to be expended. Uh, but one one serious thing there is, like, you start extrapolating. At least that's what I've been looking at is how much time did this save me versus what it cost me. And sometimes it makes more sense to pay money than spend your time. Sometimes it's going to make more sense to spend the time and save the money. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm at. And there's services that are, 
you know, no longer available from me that I, I just will not take a, a, a contract on this service, period. Um, despite gravity forms and all the other things that need to be renewed, uh, I won't take this gig because I don't want to do that work anymore. Uh, yeah. Or it's not, you know, you're not going to pay what I would want to do that work. So it, it comes down to one of those two things, right? And there's that conversation and in, in the content that we were looking at about the, you know, flattening out that feast or famine, you know, roller coaster, right? You know, one, increase your prices for stuff. Yeah, it hurts and, and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but you have to think about, you can't start thinking about your, the cost of renewing certain things a month before it's time to renew that thing. You know, you need to be looking at that a year ahead of time, two years ahead of time. Like, okay, I got to renew gravity forms in February. Okay. Well, I know that's coming up. Think about that when you renew it. And okay, well now next year. So start putting, you know, you got, it's just a different way of looking at how you handle your business, which is a thing that, that makes it a little easier or less uncomfortable when you got to raise your prices on people. I'm very uncomfortable with raising the cost of something for somebody that they've been paying for because I don't like it when it's done to me. Like I came in, I was paying this cost. I've been paying this for three years now. And all of a sudden you're just going to raise the price on me, Uh, you know, double the price. It's like, I, I don't I don't like this. Shout out to Apple TV, Premiere <laughs> One Plus, whatever. Uh, two price, two price increases in two years. Uh, yeah, this is great. Um <laughs> But they're still getting money from me. I mean, they're going to get some money from me, too, but I'm not going to get what they just raised their price to. Like, I'm not that I'm not. No, Uh, no, I'm going to have to go through and pick and choose some of those services and see what we can get it down. We're I I, yeah, checked out the storage, too, because we're paying for two terabytes and we are not using nothing near that. Yeah, see, I'm just over that threshold where I got to pay for the two terabytes. I'm still a long way from two terabytes, but I'm over a threshold to where I could pay for something cheaper. Gotcha. Uh, so that that's that. Uh, so that's, what, 10 bucks a month I'm going to pay. Mm-hmm. And then 15 bucks a month for Apple TV. No, Apple, Apple uh, music. music for families. Yeah. Uh, those two things for sure I will pay for. So after taxes, I'm probably looking at about 27, 28 bucks. Yeah a month but the storage is necessary because uh, there's more ios devices than Macs. so you know how are you going to back up stuff if you don't have icloud storage and um there's also apple music which i use um quite a bit love apple music Interesting. i just started really using apple music uh mallory uses it the boys use it so we would be paying for it but i re- recently if you've listened for a while, know that I have a folder of random radio stations around here. Um, and so I was just listening to those. I, I, one day I got tired of hearing the same ad over and over and over. <laughs> like I'm paying for Apple Music. Let Apple be my DJ. Now what, now what I need to do is go experiment with some AI DJs. So I may start playing with Spotify. I don't want to pay for it. So as long as they have less than, what is that, 12 minutes of ads in an hour – 20 minutes of ads in an hour, it seems like. As long as Spotify is lower than that, then I might play with their AI DJ feature. Mm. So I don't know if this will be possible. Somebody, if it is possible, somebody will definitely make this app because there's there's different third-party apps that give you different features with Apple Music. Like, well, not necessarily different features, but, you know, set up things in a different way with Apple Music. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
if it's possible for them to have access to mixes or randomly mixing stuff, I can see somebody making a third party app or one of these existing third party music apps uh, for Apple Music, adding a feature like that as well. Uh, I haven't really thought about that all that much. And kind of like you, like my, my Apple Music usage uh, wanes, you know, sometimes on, on music, 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 sometimes I'll go a whole month and not even, you know, play a song unless it's accidental. Yeah. Uh, but the kids use it, Tia uses it. So it's something I will pay for anyway. And for me, I've been an Apple Music subscriber for families since they first introduced it. Like <laughs> I have been there since they first introduced it and I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I tried Spotify spot it. And, and this is what got me. And I said it, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, it's been a little bit less than 10 years. Uh, but I remember vividly saying it to you. I was like, whichever one of these services, whether it's Apple music, Google music, or uh, Spotify gives me a family plan so that I don't have to share a login with you and have weird stuff showing up in my recommendations. And I don't even know what this is. Um, that's who's going to get my money. And I say, unless they screw it up, I'm not going to switch. And Apple did it first. Which is surprising. <laughs> Very surprising. Uh, but this is right after they bought uh, Beats, Beats Music. So we kind of knew they were from the revamp Apple Music. And we had been using Spotify at the time because we had, we had one of those spectacular like 99 cent for a year. Well, Spotify deals going at the time and we had gotten, you know, different trials or extended trials of what was at the time Google Music or Google Play Music. I think yeah, I think it was that far back. It was still Google Play Music. Um, so we had been bouncing around the services, but nobody had a family plan. I said, like, whoever does a family plan first, I'll, that, that's who I'll go with. Kind of glad it was Apple. <laughs> because I really didn't like Spotify's interface. And well, we right. see what Google keeps doing. Like they don't know what yep. they're doing. So, you know, uh, but yeah, Apple music and the storage, I'm definitely paying for it. Nobody in here really uses news plus. Nobody uses news plus. I'm not going to say really nobody uses it at all, unless it's accidental. Um, the kids with arcade, you know, that's the whole thing. I'm not worried about it right now. Uh, what else? Fitness. Nobody uses fitness in here. So that can go away. And there's something else. Oh, Apple TV Plus. Um, I think I'm going to adopt a strategy a lot of people have been doing with uh, streaming subscriptions, which is there may be one or two that are just permanent, you know, like, well, Prime TV, Prime Video, for example, like that's just a part of Prime. So that'll always be available. As long as AT&T continues to give me Max for free, uh, I'll keep using that. That'll, mm -hmm. that'll still be here. Uh, Disney, I don't know about Disney yet. I kind of feel like Disney is going to find itself in the rotation with Apple TV where, okay, I'm paying for this for a couple of months. Uh, we watched it. Nobody's watching anything on there now. We watched the series you want to watch. Okay, moving on to Netflix for a couple of months and then to, you know, Paramount Pro or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to try that just because I feel like I'm being backed into a corner at this point. With this is, I, I get this stuff. There's inflation, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. First off, Apple, I, I don't think they really have that excuse. Just did like $89 billion or something in a quarter. Like, I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you should give it, give it give it away forever like you were. But, yeah, just, just a price increase on top of a bundle. Like, you could have given us a year at the same bundle price that we had. You could have just let us stay where we were until we broke it. Eventually, somebody would have done it like it happens. Uh, but we seem to be out of that era of, of 
the grandfathering in at your current price level uh, with a lot of services. And I'm kind of struggling with that a little bit in my business. Like I've had to turn away a couple of people like, nope, can't take this gig because, you know, here's what my new price is now. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, it was that. Yeah, well, you know, you paid for that then two years ago. Uh, yeah. You know, have you seen the price of eggs lately? Just just saying. Um, but it's hard for me because I did come up even with, you know, once subscriptions kind of started to really become a thing in, in software uh, years ago, a lot of times you would buy something and you were grandfathered in at the price that you were paying. So regardless of any price increases, if you stayed on the same plan you were on, you kept getting that same price. Nobody raised the price on you. Now, if you canceled and came back, well, now you're getting a new price, Uh, which there's incentive there, right? There's incentive to keep paying what you're paying because you don't ever want to have to pay that new price. Uh, There's a service that kind of has me boxed in. Now, not say boxed in um, because I would still be using it anyway, unless he increased the price on me. You know, know, it's not really worth it. Uh, but Amir just recently went through a price change, right? For the plan that I'm on, I will continue paying for it anyway because that's where my site is hosted. And I have a few other sites hosted, you know, through through that interface. And I definitely is worth more. The, the money it costs a month for that service is way less than the time I would invest to learn how to manually do what the tool does inside of AWS. So... Uh, don't have a problem continuing to pay for it. However, he's definitely kind of, you know, I'm going to say not necessarily box me in, but give him more incentive for me to stay a paying customer now because I don't want to pay the new prices uh, <laughs> because I am, I, I, and essentially like I could get the same price. I, there, there's different restrictions, right? Like there's new prices and there's new terms and I'm still up under the old terms with the old price. So I can do what I'm doing and I'm not violating any terms of service. If I were to cancel and come back and stay around the same price tier that I'm at right now, I couldn't say, for example, host a a, a, a customer website using Amir uh, uh, because that would be violating the terms. Now, if there was one or two sites, okay, it'd probably be all right. If there's 10, he's probably going to be like, yeah, so you're not really, you know, no. So Yeah. Yeah, give me more money. <laughs> right? Like now this is now going to cost you, you know, one ninety nine a month or whatever. I know I'm making up numbers now, but you know, like, but no, I don't want to pay that. But I also feel like there's there's that aspect of, and, and me and you have discussed this several times offline. I may have made reference to it online. You know, there is a customer of mine, person also happens to be a friend, but in this context, business, this person is a customer. The price she pays for what she's currently getting out of me, uh, as far as hosting and, and web services, maintenance and all of that, she has the absolute cheapest price that I will, that anybody will ever have. I will say lower it that than way. what I'm paying. Cause I've got a pretty low price right now. Yeah, but you're not, you're, you're not. So this person has, um, hosting for, basically unlimited websites i mean she's not mm-hmm. going nuts but you know if she needed two more sites i would just throw them up there with what she's got going on uh because right. the resources wouldn't really change for me in, in her instance uh but not lower than what you're paying if you were getting everything she's getting so that's like full-on maintenance um ah because you you have to manage all yeah i'm managing right? her entire Site. infrastructure right the Whereas entire infrastructure. me you're 
I'm, I'm just providing hosting, hosting. Really yeah, for you. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. See, no, gotcha. she's got the full. She's got the unvarnished. Here's everything plus the kitchen sink uh, infrastructure. I can call Demasi's personal cell phone number and get him on the phone directly. <laughs> uh, you know, I will yeah. never offer what I now. You know, if some if more people would have shown up at that price, I, they probably would have gotten away with it too. But at this point, again, you know, growing in my business, figuring out what my value is, understanding what this cost me, what it costs the industry. And also dealing with price increases of servers and, and re other resources out here. Um, there's no way I could afford to do this for a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. Not, not at that level. Uh, so that, that is it. But she gets that price and she will keep that price because she's never stopped paying me. Like from 2020, before I formed Bedrock Innovation, she's been paying the exact same price. No complaints, no shit no nothing the entire time. Yep. You know, she yep. calls up when there's a problem that she doesn't know how to deal with. Or something's broken and I didn't know it was broken, which is rare. But, you know, it, it has happened over those three mm -hmm. years, nearly four years. But Especially with growth and changes and stuff. It yeah. It happens. Yeah. So. But, uh, you know, so that for me, and it is because I'm from that school of thought of like, this is what you started paying me when I, you know, started this business or before I started the business. But this is the price I was charging for these services. Uh, you know, I'm not going to dramatically increase the price on you like that that doesn't seem like a thing to do it's not eating into you know for what she's getting at least anyway uh, other people i would have to really rethink that um and the reason i say that is because she's she's a she's a good customer in the sense of that she's not very resource heavy on, on anything whether it's my time or even what it's costing to host her site right it's not a outrageous amount of money like i, I still I'm, I'm not in the red paying for her resources and services right or the amount of time i put in but this is also before demasi was smart enough to have um put in things like uh when i signed a new contract with somebody for for consulting or infrastructure maintenance to say well at this level you're getting x number of hours a month or x number of hours a quarter or x number of hours you know spread out across a year whatever their payment you know cycle is like i wasn't doing any of that right so um if I had 20 customers paying what she's paying, I mean, you know, income would be a lot nicer. But if they were <laughs> like some of, if they were all like her, it would be great. Life would be grand. I wouldn't be complaining about nothing. Uh, just be cool. But they're not all. But they're not all like that, yeah. right? She yeah. would be the one like that. I might have two like that. The other 18 would be calling me at 12 o'clock at night because that's when they're up. I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, you know. How do I, I, I can't seem to find the save button over here. It's like, it's not even really my problem. Yeah. Uh, but you're calling me about it, right? Like that is when, you know, and that's again, the thing you have to think about is your time and your professional uh, abilities when it comes to raising those prices, because that is a very difficult conversation to have. And it makes people angry, like, especially if they were paying one thing and they got another thing, or if they have paid you for a service before and it costs this mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And when they come back it now costs, you know, three times that like they're a little angry right yeah kind of like i'm a little annoyed at apple uh right you know, i think i'm more reasonable about it than most people i'm just stating the facts like i can't pay that man like <laughs> you gotta stop it's gotta stop <laughs> at some point i'm just saying uh because have you seen the price of eggs um nope or chicken sure wings oh chicken wings yep yeah have you seen the price of chicken wings man yeah, i ridiculous. really like chicken wings i'm just saying <laughs> So it's got to stop somewhere. So there's a deal with Apple, but I don't know. 
I feel like we so, strayed off into a lot of rambling. We we sure did, and I want both of us. I'm going to talk about one quick thing for setup, and then we can wrap it up. But before I get into that, I want both of us to think about customer acquisition and come back and talk about that next week because I think there's ways we both could help each other grow and just be more. Because really, that would solve some of the concerns slash problems that both of us have ultimately in a roundabout way talked about on this episode is if there was more strategies to get regular customers in the door. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Uh, and I, so, I think it also ties into, you know, some of the projects that you're working with when you get down to the, okay, we could redesign the website, but what's the point when we're not driving traffic to it, basically, right? There, there still has to be that acquisition part uh, that happens. So it's a good discussion to have, and we should think about that. And Talk about some tools and strategies for that in next week's show. Someone, and I'm looking at you, Michael D., if you're still listening, uh, post that out with a hashtag technically working. No, actually, don't worry about it. We'll remember to come back to it. Um, I <laughs> with That the, is something we need to figure out, too. Like, man, we ain't got no show notes document. What are we doing? So if if someone wants to keep us accountable... And if I don't do it, then you can use hashtag technically working because I am following that. And I've been retweeting, reposting, uh, replying to and chatting with Michael D, who's been using that on Mastodon right now. Oh, so I should follow that hashtag. I if you want to remind us to do something, use hashtag technically working, all one word, capital T, capital W, because I know someone's going to ask. It doesn't really matter. But uh, then put that in there so you know follow up on customer acquisition and that'll be our to-do list and then we'll set up an automation see here's how we go down rabbit holes because then we could set up an automation that says add any hashtag that has hashtag technically working to a google spreadsheet yeah not going to do that (laughs) so i'm playing with dictation blocks in audio hijack and um i set up a remote podcast um session template because usually i just skip over those and what this includes is my input device which is set to vocaster one and microsoft edge and then it has a peak rms watcher and a recorder and there's the output device for edge and a recorder and then i just threw in the transcribe block and i don't know what that's going to turn into but it tells me it has two inputs from each of the recorders and then one output to the broadcast. And so that's how the broadcast is hearing me and you at a, from what I've observed, uh, the same levels. So we both sound pretty good. And I'm interested to see how the transcribe feature works, especially with GPT. Um, I'm sorry, OpenAI announcing that they've increased the uh, limit for tokens per API transaction um, and somewhere, and I can't cite the source because I don't remember where I read it, said that the token level that it was increased to has been equivalent of 300 pages of text, which means we could send it a whole transcript instead of trying to hack it together to say, hey, give me a summary of this so we can produce more regular show, or not not regular, more useful and helpful show notes uh, because... 
We've always been about the show notes, even though neither one of us have really done good about it. We reference them all the time. Well, we haven't. It's because we were very good about them with DM series, though. Like we yeah. were. It, I mean, you know, we weren't consistent with the episodes for a while, but show notes, man, the show notes there were always good. You always got the links to a thing. Yeah. Um, hashtag technically working. Uh, use that just to reach out if you have a question as well. And I'll, I'll, once we get some people actually engaging on that, then we'll look at a way to automate tracking that. But we can make a tab here in Mona, I think, for that saved search of hashtag technically working or a new column or whatever they call it in here. So that'll be my solution. I did not realize that was the actual hashtag that people were using. So I will start following that. See, this is there we go. See, makes uh, it a little easier. Uh, I wish we could go hashtag TW, but um, we probably could. But I'm a little concerned about what. Yeah, see, I'm a little concerned about that 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 carrying over to uh, you know unintended consequences yes. of of content yes. there. So we'll stick with the hashtag technically working on Mastodon. Have you looked at any of these other things like Threads or Nope, Blue Sky? Nope. Blueski, as it's called. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blueski, a good old Blueski. <laughs> nope, I haven't looked at any of them. I haven't looked at any of them. Yeah, so I haven't looked at any of them either, and I'm not going to. Nope. I'm just going to be clear and honest about it. The only thing that interests me about Blue Sky is they're using a different protocol from mastodon and other services uh they're not using the activity pub they're using something different mm. and for a while at least i was like oh what if that one gains traction though i should at least be on blue sky so i'm kind of have some familiarity with it i have since said kind of yeah whatever so i'm not going to do it uh, because the next social network that i'm going to put any sort of effort into outside of mastodon and ha 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 yes i hear you uh, outside of Mastodon is going to be LinkedIn mm. um, because mm. for me, that makes the most sense business wise. And I, you know, I still get some LinkedIn emails. I still check in on LinkedIn from time to time. And it's not like I see a lot of the type of content that I used to follow or befriend people on Facebook for as well or follow people on Twitter for uh, linking to their articles mm -hmm. um, things like that but I'm seeing that type of content there as well so it's not all like oh you know the hustle of, of you know business acquisitions and uh, lead generation it's like no people are just posting interesting links about stuff I found an article over there that mentioned uh, I think it's camel case is what it's called when you do technically working like capital T, capital yep. W, whatever that is. Uh, using that in hashtags, uh, we've always preferred to the screen reader users because it makes it read it correctly. But somebody that was cited pointed out that, hey, I just discovered this too as a thing. It makes it easier for me to read and figure out what people are saying. Uh, so it was, you know, one of those things about universal design, like how something for accessibility benefits everybody is, is not what the title of the article was, but that was the point of it. And no, I do not have a link because I read this three months ago. Uh, I was just reminded of it because you're doing the capital T, capital W, probably because you wanted to say hashtag technically working and not, you know, 
technically working. Yeah, however, it's, it's, it's like it's a weird inflection in the wrong place. Uh-huh. Makes it not sound right. So we've always done, you know, camel case as hashtags for screen reader users because it makes it read the words correctly. But a uh, little known side effect, it also makes it more readable for sighted people uh, because they can clearly distinguish where a word starts. So like my kid comes and spells a word like, what does this spell? And they read like three <laughs> words. Like I don't spell out three things. words all together with no kind of spacing in it. You're like, like, what? Is there no space? Like, it's like, wait what a minute now. Hold on. What? What? Yeah. Okay, start over. And then you but, start trying to match the letters together in your uh-huh, brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're like, that makes a word. Okay. okay That's a word right there. Let's okay. separate that. And then you're trying to figure out, and they're still spelling while and you're they, doing that right, division yeah. in your head. You have done this. All right. <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> if you do not have kids or do not have small younger people around enough that you become <laughs> the person they ask how to spell stuff, you have not experienced this. It is um yeah, the ability it breaks to break my mind. Sort out of the, the words that they have just smushed together. What does this word spell? And then or what what is this word? And then they start spelling three separate words, sometimes a whole sentence. With yeah. no spaces. Yeah. So you're trying to sit there in your brain and put together, okay, that's T-H-E, so that's a word. Wait, there's a Y that could be they. Nope, there's an O after that, so that's not they, that's the. Probably you. Or, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then you start to predict what it is, and then it's not, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, Demasi just learned a way that people can keep in contact with us on Mastodon. So that gives him something special to add to his spiel. Uh, Check out the tip jar if you enjoyed the episode. Share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. And reach out to us on Mastodon or email. Demasi has email working. Yeah, so we do got email. So first off, I told people in the last episode, if you went to technicallyworking.show, not to do that because it wouldn't go anywhere. Well, even before the episode published, hey, I was working. I fixed that. So it does actually just redirect to yourownpay.com slash TW. So uh, technicallyworking.show will take you somewhere uh, just to where we normally used to tell you to go. But you can send your feedback to feedback at technicallyworking.show and both of us will receive that if Michael has added his mailbox. Nope. Uh, as soon as Michael sets up <laughs> his mailbox he will also get those emails. But it does work. We have tested it. It, it works. It goes where it's supposed to go. Uh, and we have a shared mailbox. We'll probably tell you how we did that at some point. You need to resend me the login details because I can't find it. It's one of those weird you delete the message then you undo and the message doesn't come back. <laughs> But yeah, I'll set it up. Uh, but yeah, so we have a shared, my shared mailbox from for, for that. Uh, also, we're on Mastodon. He's Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N, at unmute.community. And I'm Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, at unmute.community. And um, if you want both of us, or I'll just say this, not necessarily if you want both of us to see it, because Mike's real good about reposting stuff that people send in anyway. But if you have a question for the show or want to make sure we follow up on a thing, you can just post on Mastodon using the hashtag technically working. And as soon as Threads integrates with uh, Activity Pub, you know, maybe it'll work over there yeah. too. Somebody have yeah, to try. Yeah, wasn't that supposed to know. come last month, Meta? I mean, I, that part I don't know because I ain't even been paying attention because I really don't care. Hashtag technically working. Capital T, capital W. 
Hey, that should be the new logo. Hey, capital P, capital W.